Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to High Spirits. My name is Jay Sagman. With me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. Uh, we are the host of a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. I'm thumbs upping you because this is accurate. Yeah, this is what we're doing. That is what we do. Uh, one of the things that we do at the top of the show is we say who's sponsoring us. That's right. They pay the bills with our swills. Inaccurate, but <laughs> okay. someday we hope that that is, because I really want that to be the tag, is that they pay our bills with their swills. Right? That's, that's, I just made that up. That's solid, dude. Thanks, dude. That's very good. If anything, Half Acre has to come calling Oh, man, I swear. <laughs> good Lord. They're like, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. What you drinking? Uh, tonight I'm drinking uh, from Columbia Winery, the Cabernet Sauvignon. It's not Columbia Crest. It's just Columbia. I was noticing that. Is that a rebrand, do you think? Or is no, it a it's totally a Columbia, Columbia Valley from Washington oh. State. I used to drink a lot of Columbia Crest when I worked at Bistro 110. Yes. Because it was one of the cheapest wines you could take home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've actually <laughs> upped their game a little bit. They're a little bit more of the middle of their road. Uh-huh. But this, but you I remember actually... that server life oh. where you would... yeah. I never worked. Home. I never worked in a nice enough place that let me take things home. Oh, um, other than like whatever I could put in my to-go Pepsi cup. Um, <laughs> well, we used to sit at the bar until uh, that became not something we were allowed to do. Uh-huh. But the staff used to do that almost. We yeah, I, I we mean, did I, it a lot. I've it yeah. was banned. I've worked in a few different restaurants in life, um, but when I moved to Chicago and I worked at a restaurant here. We couldn't um, sit at that bar, but we could sit at the other bar that was owned by uh, the the same people. It was on Navy Pier, so uh, we would so uh, the employees would swap seats at the end of their sure, shifts. Sure. So sometimes we, we did that with McCormick and Schmicks. Yeah. So the folks from Joe's Bebop Cafe and Jazz Emporium. <laughs> no longer in existence would go over to Charlie's Ill House also no longer in existence <laughs> we just throwing out these names hey Beastro 110 no longer in existence <laughs> hey no do you think they just went under because of bad business practices or was it you and me bad business yeah, practices for sure <laughs> totally um <laughs> yeah uh well guys that's you- all <laughs> I'll, I'll say mine. I'm doing um, Revolution Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing Fist City. It's an IPA. Fix a punch. Fist City. Fist City. In your face. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Fist City. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's a good drink you cook. Mm-hmm. 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 Good call. I've had it quite a lot. You have. I think when it comes down for the battle of my heart, it will be Half Acre versus Revolution. Oh, we should hang out at one of those places soon. <gasps> Tonight. Later. Later in this evening. <laughs> Anywho, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think we're just going to skip the small talk part of the show. We're so good at it. No, we, we, we blow. So we're going to move right into your ghostifying. Okay. Um, I did a lot of research yeah. on the television last night. Uh, and my brain's a little swimmy from it. Uh, today I want to talk about the haunting in Connecticut. <gasps> you might know it from that... Wonderful film starring Virginia Madsen. Oh, I can barely breathe. Um, I'm a big fan of Virginia Madsen. I know Virginia Madsen. I think she's great. I didn't know she was doing things. Well, this movie came out in 2009. It's also not very good. I know her from the 90s. What was she doing in the 90s? The Candyman. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and other films. Uh, yeah, I think she might have been uh, Jack Ruby's girlfriend in Ruby. Yeah, that sounds right. Nope, maybe that was Lolita Davidovich. Um, they had a similar look. Ginny Madsen looks, uh, I call her Ginny. Is that what she I think, prefers? I think that's actually uh, a thing. Um, she and um, uh, frickin' uh, X-Files, Julianne, J- Jillian Anderson, they yeah. kind of have similar a similar look. Oh. But, yeah. I thought you were going to say they were together. No. Because there were some... Creamers. Right. Back in the dizzle. No, but you know what? I just found out about Gillian Anderson. No. Um, because that she was in a show called The X-Files? Well, that I knew. Oh. But she did the voice of, of the witch in um, an animated feature called Room on, Room on the Broom, which okay. uh, is a uh, story my daughter really likes and is available on Netflix for viewing. 
Um, and uh, she has a British accent in it. And I was like, wait a minute, Gillian Anderson, but aren't you American? Huh. Turns out she, um, I believe, was born in England and then came over here, lived in Michigan um, oh. at some point, but has like, but bounced back and forth. So she's one of those folks who actually can interchange her dialect. Like she kind of has both. Amazing. Yeah, she, I, she's wondrous to me. Yeah. Oh, she's. I'm yeah, fascinated. She's by her. certainly somebody whose hair I've enjoyed over the years. Ugh, killing it. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, yeah, I'm a big. You can't see us, people, but we are saluting and we are marching in step. Salute. Hello. All right. You want to hear about this story? Oh, yeah, um. Yeah. All right. Also, I'm not going to give away anything because you know what usually happens when you say words. I'm like, oh, well, this is the story of. Uh huh. But I didn't. No, I just jumped right in and I was but like, But did I'm you notice you. I didn't? No. You were shocked in silence and I was actually worried that you were having a heart attack for a minute because you didn't move. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I'm not going to ruin any of it. I'm just going to listen. Okay. This is the weirdest thing. I, I don't Do know. you know the story at all? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, jump in if I'm saying things incorrect. Well, the good shit. Because there is a lot Google of... Google it, pal. There's a lot of info on the internet that um, contradicts... Other things. And that is shocking. Well, there's there. I'm <laughs> I know, unheard of. There are several. There are several websites that tell the story, and some of them are copy and pasted from others. And then there are others where you, I think that they added elements in to make things sound spookier. Mm. So it's hard to know what the truth is. If the, you know, if the it if is there true. even is a Connecticut. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure we have a pretty no, strong. No, we don't know that. Well, you're right. We don't know. We're looking at you, Connecticut. Or it's all just upstate New York. Yeah, what? I think it's called New England. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> don't try to don't try to push Connecticut on us. <laughs> so on uh, June 30th, 1986, the Snedeker family moved into a home at uh, 208 Meridian Meridian Avenue in Southington, Connecticut. They moved there because their son Philip um, was suffering from Hodgkin's lymphoma. No. And uh, they had lived in upstate New York, um, and uh, the doctors or the hospitals there didn't have, like, a child cancer treatment center. Oh. So um, they were going to UConn, and so they moved into this home to be closer to uh, the doctors <laughs> in the hospital because they were doing 300 miles round wow. trip five days a week, and it was killing him he was going through an experimental yeah, sucks. yeah it, he was going through an experimental treatment as well so um carmen the mother talks about how you know they would drive back and forth and he was just sick all the time so yeah. it was like elongating the trip as well because he was in so much pain and they'd have to stop all the time so that um, sounds awful and i have a i completely understand that because i in my family, that was something that mm-hmm. people would have to, had to do. So Yeah, it's miserable. Yeah, so they moved to uh, a haunted house. Well, TBD. Okay. Um, so they found... It's called a haunting in Connecticut. It is. That is true. Okay. They they moved into this home. Um, she claims sight unseen. Uh, the, the rent was cheap. Um, it accommodated uh, their family. They had four children and their niece, Tammy, also lived with them. Um, I don't so, know why I don't care for the name Tammy. I know several Tammies. Actually, I know two Tammies and I really enjoy them. I just don't care for the name. Um, I both of the Tammies that I know like closely were named after that uh, Chick in the Vibe. No, that Debbie Reynolds Tammy thing. What? There's a movie Tammy starring Debbie Reynolds. I, I don't know. In a song, what? Tammy. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I'm thinking uh, tomorrow from the Bible. <laughs> no, definitely not. Or Tamra. Tamra is what you're looking for. Or, but, but I, uh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Dead Denise. Uh, <laughs> Watch her not play a central role in this at all. Uh, nope, she's not important at all. She was just there. So uh, they, they, set dressing. They move into the house now. Alan, um, the husband and father, uh, was only there on the weekends. He had to travel back to New York to work. So he was staying in their home in New York while Carmen was with the children um, in Connecticut. So Philip was the oldest. He was um, 14, and he was the one uh, going through cancer treatments. And then uh, there were three others. 
I didn't write their names down. I know it was Bradley, AJ, and then there was a girl. That's fine. I don't. Sorry. It doesn't I'm matter. so sorry. Sorry. Um, they quickly discovered uh, mortuary equipment in the basement of the house. Oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Fine. There were there was embalming, um, not fluid, but like the embalming uh, machines, tubes. tubes. Yeah. Um, gurneys, toe tags. There was a head tag. Um, they discovered a small graveyard in the back. Oh my god. And wait, so wait, uh, was it their impression initially that it was a commercial mortuary that had shut its doors or it was like maybe like an abortion clinic? I'm, I'm going to get to that. Oh, whoops. So, no, 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 that's okay. They were a little confused and there's actually some controversy around all okay. of this. Did, did it, but, it, but it definitely seemed, it, it reeked of it someone reeked, at home was doing this. This was a mortuary. Like what oh, they knew. It, it they, was an actual yeah, mortuary. That's okay. what they, they believed it to be. Um, based on what they found. So, um, mortuary equipment, small graveyard in the back, drawers full of corpse photos. Um, this is all in the basement. And, uh, they discover, they find out that it was a funeral home. Oh. So it was the Hallahan funeral home, um, that, and according to the Hallahan funeral homes, what our Facebook page, uh, it was built in 1916 but it doesn't become the funeral home until 1936. And then in the mid eighties, uh, they moved the business to Plantsville, Connecticut. Um, they actually wanted to make the house into a real estate office, but they couldn't because of zoning laws. So they converted it into a duplex. Oh, so that's okay. what the Snedekers moved into. Oh, okay. Um, now the that's con- a good research, Noah. Thank you. Um, the, uh, controversy around this is that the um, landlord claims that Carmen Snedeker was informed that this was a funeral home. Um, and she, she stated later on that she never knew and that this was all a big mystery to them. That's she's since retracted her statement. And now I was going to say, you know, with all of her stress and sight unseen and the oh. rent was right. They have to fully disclose that in the paperwork, so she probably just signed. She might have just overlooked it. Not, not to, like, dis Virginia Madsen. That's, no, that's <laughs> totally fair. Um, I forget her real name. What is that? Um, Carmen. Carmen. <laughs> Carmen Snedeker. Guys, if I call her Virginia Madsen, I'm talking about Carmen Snedeker. Carmen. Um, yeah, so that's a really fair point, actually. But um, a lot of people later on bring that up. Um, as like a point of contention, right? And, like, well, listen, I don't read shit. Someone like iTunes is like, do you want to? No, do you, you want to download and like, do you follow our terms? I'm like, yeah, dude, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, South Park did a whole yeah, thing did. about that, which was pretty brilliant. It's it really was gross and brilliant, but um, it, it's true because we all do it. Well, we don't know what we're trying anyway. to read, and it just doesn't. Right. I mean, I've accepted that Google and Amazon pretty much own my life. Like, mm-hmm. I have. Um, a Google phone and everything lives in the Google cloud and I have an Alexa and that is spying on me, I'm sure. And like, it, it, it's just, I've accepted it. Mm-hmm. I know that I've put myself well, you in this. stop hosting Patty Hearst parties in your home. Well, let the Symbionese liberation party die. You know what? They're going to come and find us. And so I'm letting them, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the bread, tra- the bread crumbs. Yeah. Alexa, please tra- serve appetizers to the terrorists <laughs> in my home. <laughs> Actually, I really hope that my voice just made one of your Alexas ask you what you were asking for. Um, there was a Patty Hearst thing that was on CNN recently, and I think I missed it now that you say that. Was it just about her life? Yeah, but it looked... When I was in Atlanta, I was in the CNN building, and they were oh. advertising it, and I was like, ooh, Patty Hearst. Yeah. And then well, I had to look- tell everybody who I was with about her, because they had no idea. What? Whatever. What is wrong with people? Those people. Also, like, I'm so glad that we're friends because honestly, <laughs> everyone hates us but us. Also, uh, if you don't know who Patty Hearst is, which is totally fine if you don't. Cause I mean, I guess. Google her. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, they move into the house. Philip and Bradley um, end up moving into the basement <gasps> because it's the most accommodating for two teenage boys. And it fits, like, it, I guess it's where they fit. So they actually sleep in um, the room that they believed was formerly the coffin showroom. That's fine. It, I mean, yeah. I'm a little alarmed by the fact that 
um, there was the landlord still kept all of the mortuary yeah, the equipment shit, in there. The, that's the part that bothers and me. And apparently they did try to like block it off because they were still renovating. But why don't you remove that Get stuff? Get rid of it. Get it out of there. It's weird. It's weird. Anyway. I mean, I'm not saying it's fine to sleep in a coffin shower. In theory, though, nothing happened in there because it's not like. Yeah. It's not like. You're walking around, you're right. wheeling around your, you know, great grandma mm-hmm. Johansson and sticking her in every coffin. Right. Let's just say it's just not it's not where the action happens. No. Except in that one episode of Six Feet Under, I think in like the very early on when they meet on the plane and he brings her back to the house and, and they do it in a coffin? No, they do it in the showroom. And oh the, and the mom walks in. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about Peter Krause. Yeah. Okay. And and what's her face? Um, the mom, I the Australian woman that he is with. I don't know. And then the mom walks in. Anyway. It's been a long time. I think it's the first episode. Doesn't matter. The one where the woman's head gets decapitated in the limo. <laughs> so good. Why do I remember certain things and not <laughs> I others? Know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, so Carmen claims that the haunting began the first night they moved into the house. Um, Philip told her that the house was evil and that he could hear voices, but she thought that he was just being a teenage boy. Or is Philip the one with... Uh, Hodgkin's mm-hmm. lymphoma? Correct. Okay. Um, he... In, things immediately started happening to him. Uh, he saw what year he, is this? 1986. You said that, sorry. Although, I watched a thing last night that they said 1987. So, it, between 1986 and 1987. Those, were, th- those years were totally different. Ronald the Reagan 80s. was president in 86, and then Ronald Reagan was president in 87. That's true. Totally just different times. Aaron Contra was happening in 86. Right. And it was happening in 87. Right. But George H.W. Bush started running for president in 1987. Madonna was America's number one pop star, and then she was America's number one pop star. Yeah. Here's what I'm trying to say. It was a, it was, the, it was a big difference. Family Ties was on TV. <laughs> was fighting for that number one spot against Cheers. And still. Okay. <laughs> anyway, if you're going to get it wrong, get it wrong by a year is what I'm saying. It was a big change in my life. It was a big jump from uh, first grade to second grade. So, yeah. Big doings there. All right. Uh, Philip saw a man in the basement. He could describe him in great detail. Um, He also started... Did he have a mustache? The man? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, He... Carmen describes him often as being a mischievous boy. Um... But when they moved into the house, he started playing cruel jokes on the family. And um, he, like, he locked one of the uh, brothers in a cabinet. So, like, acting out because he was sick? Or the house was affecting him in a certain way. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So he was being, his behavior was changing. Now, at first she was like, "Uh, he's 14, it's puberty, Um, he's going through all this treatment, he's very sick. He's uncomfortable. He's acting out. Um, she kept excusing his behavior. Sure. There um, was a moment, this is in the movie, um, where he has Bradley lay down on one of the gurneys and he just starts spinning it around. Hmm. And Bradley's like, you know, at first it's fun, but he's like, it immediately got dark and weird. And he just keeps spinning him around and around. He's like, begging him to stop, begging him to stop. And he finally stops. So there was like a series of things that he would do where he was just creepy to be around. They yeah. described him as being um, dark and, and distant and um, violent at times. Nice. He started writing poetry that had uh, ne- necrophiliac themes to it. Um, and Carmen claims that she asked him. Can you tell the people really? Well, I'm sure they know what it is, but. If you're not familiar with necrophilia, it's having sex with a dead body with yeah. a corpse. That's it. Pretty gross. We talk about spectrophilia. It's time, against the law. But we forget to talk about necrophilia. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, it's not my favorite topic. No, and it's non-consensual, so knock it off. Yeah, it's illegal and gross. Um, uh, she had asked him... I like the fact that we think there might be one person out there, like one Jeffrey Dahmer guy who's like, huh, and stop by shell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Noel Schmidt, for reminding me that my sexual habits are illegal. And gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, so- this podcast, saving one person, one swill at a time. Whatever we can do, one mm-hmm. swill at a time. 
so she asked him <clears throat> why he was writing this, where this came from, and he said he wasn't writing it, that the man was telling him to write it. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, um, some other things that would happen within the house, um, we'll get back to more Philip stuff later. The temperature would change in most rooms and then they would see figures of dead people. Uh, they said that there were scents of rotting flesh and decay. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmen claimed that once when she was mopping the basement floor, the water turned red, which is another thing that's in the movie. Um, dishes put themselves away. Oh my God. Well, that one. So friendly and handy. <laughs> Everything else, I'm like, well, that can go fuck itself. But, like, I have laundry right now, girl. Oh, my God. Please put my laundry away. Whoever my ghost is, like, help do my laundry. That's the thing. And we should talk about this more often. Um, if you're – I get that you might have re- resided. Is that the right tense? I don't know. Live, I, previously not... lived in this location. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Prior to, to me. Uh but pull your own weight, man. Yeah. Like, help me out. Yeah. If we're all going to live here in peace, right? please share the weight mm-hmm. is what I'm asking. The burden of work. <sighs> I'm also, tired. living people share the burden of work. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I mean, if we're going to be real, let's be real. <laughs> help each other out. Help me, yeah. Lift each other up, assholes. Right. Um, lights would flicker on and off even when the, uh, they took the light bulbs out. Not cool. Um, what else? Carmen claimed that there was an evil force that took on different forms and would sometimes mm-hmm. attack them. Um, the, she said, uh, this is a direct quote. They were incredibly, po- there was an, the, I, this is actually not good grammar. There was an incredibly powerful one of them, um, with very thin, I'm sorry, this is just written so poorly, so I don't think it's actually a direct quote now that I'm reading it out loud. Uh, Very thin, high cheekbones and long black hair and pitch black eyes. Another had white hair and eyes and and eyes. And eyes, oh my. I think white eyes. And was wearing a pinstripe tuxedo, and his feet were constantly in motion. Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, see that feet? That shuffle step? I see it, but everybody else, Noelle's finger. Yeah. Hands very rapidly in front of her bosom, acting like Peter Rabbit. Right. Um, <laughs> Carmen uh, states that they're uh, they were uh, forcibly raped. Oh my god! Um, by unseen entities. It was her, Alan, and niece Tammy. What? Um, she talks about Tammy. Uh, Tammy actually tells the story too. That's awful. About y'all. This hand coming up no, no. through her, like, um, under her nightgown. And Carmen Carmen tells the story two different ways. So in one instance, she talks about how she saw the hand coming up through Tammy's shirt. And she actually, like, gave off this maniacal laugh where she, like, was, like, so nervous and weirded out by Tammy. Tammy did? No, Carmen did. Oh. Um, but then when I heard her tell it again she was like so mortified by the situation and they were terrified but oh it was like God. a repeated thing that was happening to them um that's awful yeah was it did so it was these two entities that they think were they don't know they just said unseen entities no was it so obviously she saw that happen so it wasn't like they were in bed when it was happening they were just breaking them during the day well for tammy she was in bed and like she would call it to Carmen. I think they Got were always it. in bed when it was happening. Okay. Um, Not that I, I'm having a mental trajectory. I, I know what what I said probably sounded really weird, but I'm having a mental trajectory of what I'm trying to envision here. Yeah, it's it's weird. So, um, so what stuff, you described made it sound like they were like in the living room and a hand went up this girl. Well, or, so okay, so some of the stuff I'm describing is actually coming from an episode of Paranormal Witness, which is a sci-fi show. So they tell the story. On there, and Carmen, Tammy, AJ, and Bradley all tell their stories. Mm. Um, and so Did they do. Okay um, yeah, like a baby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were tuckered out. And also, that like a baby uh, phrase is inaccurate yeah, because babies sleep like terribly. Um, no, I slept great last night, strangely, because I watched a lot of scary things. I think, um, what is it called? Paranormal Witness? Uh huh. That show is unnecessarily frightening. Oh, they, they, they totally. It's very, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
overdo everything. The music's ridiculous. It's yeah. just full of jumps. Um, yeah, it's all jumps. This one in particular. Is I'm not crazy. saying I'm not saying like these things didn't happen, and I'm not saying that ghosts aren't scary. But like, my God, can they they, they do a really good job of making them scarier than need be for sure. And this one is pretty frightening. It's uh, I think the episode title is the real haunting of in Connecticut or something like that. Sure. Um. So they they do a reenactment, of course, and so it starts with. Tammy in bed and like this hand is like coming up from under the covers and she freaks out calls for her aunt Carmen who comes into the room um and like she sees this happening and she like pulls her out of the bed and they like go uh down into the living room and Tammy says something like do you hear it it's coming again it's coming can't you feel it can't you feel it and it's just like so terrifying and um they're like both under attack by this, like, unknown thing. So I'm frowning so much. I feel like I'm getting wrinkles. Yeah. I really don't enjoy so it. So if you're curious, uh, Paranormal Witness on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, The Real Haunting in Connecticut. Um, other things that happened. Philip, let's go back to him. Uh, Philip attacked Tammy at one point. Uh, for No, I thought you said Tammy was a minor character, and here we are with several Tammy stories. <laughs> Jokes. okay there's more he attacked his cousin um pretty badly like so carmen believed that a lot of this stuff was brought on by philip she thought that like he was maybe kind of giving um tammy a hard time at night until like she witnessed this stuff happening to her you mean he thought she thought she thought that maybe he was like trying to get with her yeah dude yuck um, she thought that he was like playing jokes on his brothers and sister. Like she didn't, cause she wasn't seeing any, any of this stuff. She thought that the kids were just making it up or their brother was doing it because he was going through, going through some, time. some stuff. So she had asked his oncologist about his behavior and was told that there was no chance of hallucinations or delusions as a side effect of the medication that he was on. Um, so then after he attacked Tammy, she, kind of was like, I don't know what more to do. Her husband um, was in New York. So she's like, this is up to me. I have to make a decision. She called the doctor and they decided to have him committed. So she makes him, this is crazy. Oh, wow. She makes him his favorite meal. Dude. Acts like everything's totally fine. Like has everybody sit down at dinner and then pulls out a walkie-talkie. No, the ambulance shows up. <gasps> These men come into the house and they take him. And he's like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "He's like screaming, like, Mom, don't let, don't let them do this to me. Don't let them do this to me." She's like sobbing because obviously she doesn't want yeah. this to happen. But her son's being so like he's having this crazy behavior. Sorry for saying crazy, but like he's he's things, melting down. He's melting down. Things he's are having a psychotic break. Um, they won't let her into the ambulance with them. Okay. Um, she says that they put him in a straitjacket, which sounds a little aggressive. That seems a little at yeah. Six. Yeah, he's fourteen. Unless he was, I don't know. Maybe like they were concerned. Fighting. I don't know. I don't know. I doubt it. But whatever. It seemed like a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. Um, but he said something to her along the lines of, um, "They're gonna come for you. They're gonna come for you." Yikes. Uh, so he's so uh, he was thinking maybe he was protecting, right, the family. Right. So he so. He's out of the house, so she expects everything to just subside. Everything's going to be fine. That's when Tammy gets attacked. And that's when she's like, okay, so it wasn't him. Um, they uh, Things keep happening. I will, I will say, though, I feel badly for him, but good for her for, for listening to that young woman in peril and saying, if this is my son, then he can't be here. Right. I mean, they they ended up sending him to live with um, other family members. Well, I mean, I was just I, I know that we do a lot of <laughs> we do a lot of feminism on this show, mm-hmm. but like it is always staggering to me when um, children report right. uh, something happening in a family and they're like, well, it's probably not Philip, it's the ghost. So right. a rational family, <laughs> thank God that she was like, you know what, it's probably not the ghost, it's Philip. Right, you're overreacting, or yeah, yeah. No, she took this very seriously, and she, um, so they send him to the mental hospital, where he stays for 45 days. Um, He's diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. Which makes sense, because he's talking about all these spirits that he's talking to. Sure. Um, 
And then when she realizes that things are still happening, she gets him out. He does end up at some point, and it's unclear when this happens, he does end up living with other relatives for a short time. Does schizophrenia end up running in their family? Do we know? Not that I know of. Okay. Did he have epilepsy before this? No. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, finally, um, after the rape incident, that's when Carmen's like, this is enough. She calls the church. The church oh is like... Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> hold on. That sentence is the worst sentence I've ever heard. I just feel like crying. The enough church. is enough. I called the church. Well, we all know that the church... Well, she was very Catholic, and she walked around with a rosary often in her hands. That's fine. That is okay. But I'm just saying... Uh, you know which I, church... I don't want to offend anybody here, but let's say in the 80s, um, calling the church when you think a kiddo is being um, molested is probably... It's not a safe place. <laughs> it's just, just going to throw it out there. But I think huh. you're going to like where this goes. Oh, good. Because the church is like, we believe you. <gasps> We're going to send our crack team of investigators to you. So they send Ed and Lorraine Warren. I know! <laughs> and, their, and their nephew, John Zaffis. I was so excited at the top. That's why I froze at I the know. very top of this. I know. Because I remember that one time you tried to do a Warren's Eye, and I said it right at the top, and you were like, are you serious? (laughs) Thank you. Oh, where are we on this? 31 minutes in, and I've been holding that. Thank you. All right. So, Ed and Lorraine (laughs) and Nephew John are on the case. team, Ed and Lorraine Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Do you just want to, if you guys want to look back at, uh, we did the Smurl case of Ed and Lorraine, kind of did a deep dive into that, Mm -hmm. episode 13, maybe? Sure. And then we did a three-parter of the Amityville. Far too long. <laughs> Sorry. Let's family, you don't deserve three parts, but we gave it to you. Yeah. Um, and but we did... in a nutshell, who are the Ed and the uh, Lorraines? Ed, we have a new Ed and Lorraine are... They call themselves demonologists, actually. Uh-huh. Um, they Ed claims to be one of a few uh, religious demonologists in the United States of America. Uh-huh. Uh, he's passed. He passed about 10 years ago. Right. Um, not important. I'm poor Lorraine. Lorraine is I a like psychic medium who um, claims to be able to speak to the dead. So they're paranormal researchers. They who, live in Connecticut. They live in Connecticut. So they had some reciprocity too. Right. So they um, they're they were deeply connected with the Catholic Church um, and did a lot of investigating of. Um, Haunted houses and things like this, mm-hmm. and uh, we're and now they're uh, uh, so the haunting in Connecticut, this Virginia Matson vehicle, mm-hmm. which happened in the thousands, is they've, they've got the old uh, the conjuring and the other one, uh, Ed and Lorraine are now the topics of new horror, right? Movies. Right, With, played by uh, Vera Farmiga mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'm just saying they're a thing, they're a thing, they're actually not in this movie. <laughs> Wait, can I say this? Yeah, I didn't even realize this. Last night when you told me that. I know. <laughs> I know. I was like. No, she, all texted me. She's like, did you know Ed and Lorraine's website is a dot net? <laughs> I was like, uh, yes, actually did. <laughs> but okay. No, it fits. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's probably going to figure this out. Anyway. So Ed and Lorraine with their nephew, John Zaffis, move into the Snedeker home for a few weeks to uh, launch their investigation. With the family inside? Correct. Yes. They all lived like a happy family. Uh, they claimed to see firsthand the first firsthand the damage the demons could do, with many members being slapped, beaten, pushed, and slammed into the floor. Um, Lorraine believed that the former funeral employees were performing necrophilia, which brought on an evil presence. Wait, the mortuary people? Correct. Okay. Um, which would make sense why uh, Philip would said that the man was telling him to write necrophiliac poetry and poetry. Yeah. Uh, Carmen later reported that the workers were found guilty of the crime of necrophilia. There is no record of that. Huh. So. And that funeral home would know. I would hope so. I mean, or they would heavily deny it. Well, they, yeah, they, there would be some. So the Warrens is. Deemed a full exorc- full skill exorcism was in order. Yes, please. So the the bishop's <laughs> office in Hartford, Hartford, Connecticut, sent two priests. 
who Lorraine claims were very high in the church. I thought you were going to say highly attractive. <laughs> also that. She's flirtatious. Very high in the church. Uh, these two guys, uh, they said a mass. Um, in the home. In the home. Why would so, you say a full mass in a home? So you do, that's part of the, the. I know you have to get there to get to the Eucharist, but still it's like. Yeah, but that's part of the, um, the, what is it? The tradition is not the tradition. That's not the word, but that's part of the process is you say the mass first to kind of like, see if that will wipe it away. Mm. And then you do the full on exorcism. Sure. So it's kind of like baby steps to getting there. Yeah, I know. Um, it just seems weird to do like prayers of the people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they did probably like, an, they did that like shortened version. Right. No, I know. But it just like, I'm thinking the full mass. It's, it's no, like, it's the Monday version. Okay. Like the 30 minute, like you cut out the Nicene Creed and like, right, right, right. Do, it's like, like the one woman from your church with like no bike skills gets up and she reads from Isaiah. Yeah. Like they don't do the whole like That's what prayer like, through the Eucharist. Yeah, no, okay. like they do that like succinct version. So I'm sure it was probably that Monday mass. I like that Monday mass. Uh, so Ed had previously, uh, suffered from a heart attack and, um, during the mass, he was having heart palpitations, which he probably just shouldn't have had that burger before he went, but whatever. Um, both priests wrote a letter to the bishop stating that an exorcist exorcism was needed, um, after the mass and that they didn't want to do it. So are you allowed to opt out like that? I, I don't know. That seems uncool. It it does. But if they're that afraid, well, no, it seems uncool. it's like kind of like sending in the like first, like, you don't want to help fire engine. And then they're like, Hey guys, Hey, this fire's real big. And they're like, uh, I don't know. That's, that's really bad. It sounds scary. I don't think I'm up for it. That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> this place is if a fire department has like, like that house, would help that house more right than the priest would yeah I'm this place saying. is full of creepy guys i don't think i can yeah. yeah i mean we're risking possession all that good stuff yeah all right so uh so they sent another priest to do it the warrens claimed that after the exorcism was complete a large tree in front of the house broke into and fell off the property there was no wind. <laughs> okay. It just fell. It might have just been rotted out. And... <laughs> Somebody just leaned on it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I okay. wasn't there. Um, the house was then claimed to be clear. After the tree fell in it? After the exorcism. <laughs> this house <laughs> is clear. The tree broke the ghost. <laughs> They all escaped through the tree and they were out into the... Yeah, or the tree, like, just yeah. landed on the necrophiliac specter. Mm-hmm. specter. I don't know. We'll never know. Um, I really hope Ryan Murphy is listening to this because this sounds so up his alley. Well, they already made a movie about it. Ryan Murphy did? No, but somebody else did. I know, but I've been watching the American Horror Story and that guy can do some... He can. Yeah. He can. Has he done anything with exorcism? I don't know. Ryan Murphy, you're welcome. I just gave you your next one. Oh, I just want... No, no. I wanted the tree to fall on the mustache of man. Oh, oh. I just like the visual. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he probably will do something with exorcism. He has to. You're welcome, Ryan Murphy. I hope to get a little bit of a cut from that. <laughs> anyway, I just gave you your next idea. Okay. Uh, the Snedekers then remained in the house for two years, and then they moved to Tennessee. Damn it. I thought you were going to say, until they'd had enough. Say it with me. Until they'd had enough. No. That's like the famous... Until they'd had enough. All right. No. Well, actually, uh, in one of the websites uh, that I was on, it said something like, um, the house claimed to be cleared after the exorcism. Or was it? Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's... But, uh, yeah, so they moved out. They stayed for another two years. Uh, Philip... Went into remission. Great. So good news there. How was the schizophrenia? Um, uh, no word on the schizophrenia. Uh, okay. Carmen claims that it was a false diagnosis, that the house brought everything on, and that he wasn't really schizophrenic. Hmm. Um, they moved to Tennessee. Okay. And they went on to all of uh, 
mostly normal lives. More to come on that. So, um, did one of them marry a Warren? No. Uh, Now, um, obviously there are some folks who have a very hard time with this story. And, uh, but what, what could they possibly nitpick? I don't know. I don't know if they find it to not at all be true. How could you pull it apart? Well, it's weird. Now, um, <laughs> after the Snedekers moved out, the, the house changed owners a couple times. Now, they were just renting the house. I don't know if um, new renters came in or if they sold or whatever. But some people did say that there was activity in the house, mm. um, but it was minimal. The current owner... Susan Trump. I, hold on, when you say that, I like the idea of it being minimal, like Japanese minimalist. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like architecturally minimal. Just Where like a like, candle just kind of slides. Like yeah, things are millimeter. But it's like very small, like it's like one, one like uh, uh, black shiny rock. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like one tiny photo of a seashore. Right. It's just like, yeah, that's nice. I like that. Minimal hauntings. It's all like aesthetic right. pleasing. <laughs> I know it's exactly not what you mean, but I've never heard minimal and haunting used together in that phrase. And I really think. I, I like that. I think you and I should have like, maybe like a fashion architecture haunted house, uh, like periodical. Yeah. Called minimal haunting. Well, and I, so I need a lot of variety. Where it's just very classy. Yeah, I, I prefer a lot of variety in my life, and I need to switch uh-huh. things up, and it kills me right now in my the place I live because I can't really move my living room around. And, oh, sure. Uh, normally, I would rearrange things and just kind of like – like it makes me feel like I've moved or things are different, and I can't, and it kills me. So something like that would be amazing mm-hmm. because it would be like, I don't know what I'm going to come home to find today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> HGTV. We have a new show for you. Uh, it's called Minimal Haunting. Until it gets really dark and then yeah, like totally. all of a sudden, yeah. It's like super fucked up. It's like those regular <laughs> designers, Tarek and whatever from like fucking Texas. And they like think they're just doing a normal show and then the ghosts come. <laughs> Put them to shame. Wow, um, trademark. We're making that happen. Yeah. Forget you, Ryan Murphy. We've got a better idea. Yeah. Patent pending. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in Texas, I think really weirdly. I didn't mean to. That's okay. I think I might have said Texas. Oh. I got excited. I was minimally haunted. (laughs) Okay. So the current owner, um, Susan Trotta Smith, uh, they've lived in the house for over 10 years. She states that the house is not haunted and never was. Um, Many claim that Carmen and Alan's stories contradict each other, which make it difficult to believe. Carmen's changed her stories multiple times. Even when I was watching Paranormal Witness last night, I was like, wait, what? No, like this is the first I'm hearing about this. Mm. Um, and, or she just kind of modifies things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I said the thing about the not knowing it was a funeral parlor. The most um, damning thing um, comes from the author Ray Garden, who wrote the book In a Dark Place, which is about the story. He was commissioned by Ed and Lorraine to write the book. Oh. And they they brought him in because he um he's written a lot of horror stories. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, this is our guy. And he uh confronted Ed um when he uh realized that the stories weren't really adding up. And so um this is a direct quote from Ray Garten, Garten, um, he said, he told me not to worry that the family was quote unquote crazy. I was shocked. He said, all the people who come to us are crazy. You think sane people would come to us? He knew I'd written a lot of horror novels prior to that. So he told me just to make the story up using whatever details I could incorporate into the book and make it scary. Nice. So he got Jay Anson. Yeah. Guys, if you don't know who Jay Anson is, he was the one who wrote uh, Amityville Horror. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Ed, that is such a, like... Yeah. That is usually not how we hear him speak. No. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, this, I mean, it's very damning, and it's very, like, this is a thing that's out there. Um, but this guy still wrote the book, and he still made money off of it. Yeah, and, sure. I mean, at that point, you're in. Yeah. Um, Plus, he probably signed a contract that he actually read. Right. Okay, burn disc, the shade of it all. 
<laughs> the shade of it off. <laughs> Sorry about it, Virginia Madison. Uh, okay, a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen the film, here are a couple things uh, that we know are not true. Okay. There were no seances performed in the house. There was no um, a boy medium by the name of Jonah. Uh, the priest who is featured in the house uh, is not a, he's a fictional person. Um, as opposed to the priests that were brought in, this was in the movie. He's somebody who befriends um, Philip's character, whose name is Matt in the movie, um, in Chemo. Uh, he's a fictional character. Things that are true, uh, or that the Snedekers claim to be true. Okay. Um, the gurney spinning with Bradley on it. Uh, um, the uh, uh, Carmen being attacked by the shower curtain. In the movie, it's... <laughs> Sorry, you didn't mention that prior. I didn't, and I realized that I never, I, 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 I forgot to mention that one. So in the movie, uh, Tammy's character, who is named Wendy, okay, um, is attacked by a shower curtain, and it's actually, it sounds, it sounds super cheesy, but they do a really good job of, of uh, portraying it. I'm sure. Like, listen, anytime you describe, yeah, anytime you say attacked by a shower curtain. Someone's gonna smirk and laugh at you. I promise. Oh you. yeah, but visually, I can see how it could it's be stunning, horrifying. Um, that, that sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Totally. That apparently happened to uh, Carmen, not Tammy. Um, <laughs> also true. Uh, Philip attacked Tammy. Um, the other things that aren't true is that he never had like all of that writing etched on his body. Um, and I think those are like the biggest things that like stand out. Um, if you would like to know more about the story, there are, there are several books. Oh, okay. (laughs) Including, uh, uh, like in a dark place, which is the one that's written by Ray Garten, where he, you know, clearly just said that it's not true. Uh, there's a discovery channel special called a haunting which features the story. There's the paranormal paranormal witness episode called uh, The Real Haunting in Connecticut. And, of course, there's the movie The Haunting in Connecticut. Mm. There's also The Haunting in Connecticut 2. I haven't watched it, but it stars uh, the guy who played Jason in True Blood. I can't remember his name. Ryan. Oh, oh, Ryan that Australian? Yeah, that guy. Oh. He's in it. That's Doesn't what we're he doing seem later. very dumb? Well, that was his character in True Blood. Right. So, he was supposed to be dumb. I mean, though, but... Okay. I bet you're wondering what happened to the Snedeker family and what they're doing today. <laughs> no, I'm wondering about Jason <laughs> and what happened after he turned full um, uh, Puma. <laughs> full on Puma. Was it Puma? <laughs> I can't remember. It was like, it was it was like, like a black cat. leopard. They were something. cat people, for sure. <laughs> Here's what I'm wondering. When he uh, said, if you haven't watched True Blood, don't worry about this part. So at this point, the Snedekers can suck my D. (laughs) What I want to know is more about when Jason was strapped to that bed and all those cats raped him. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because he wanted to get pregnant with his puma blood. That's right. It was super weird. Maybe they were were cats. I think they were were cats. Were pumas? Were pumas. I wear pumas sometimes. (laughs) I must bought a pair yesterday. <laughs> okay, so we've gone off the hinges. Anyway, yeah, uh, uh, tell me more about the Snedekers. Okay. Um, well, Carmen, for a short time, was a spiritual advisor. Oh, good. Because she claims that she uh, had always known she was special and could feel when things were about to happen. Apparently, her grandmother was the same. Um, Carmen's management no. sta- states... Perhaps it was predestined that she can see a spiritual side of life that others can only comprehend. Here's the problem. Yeah. On Paranormal Witness, she states over and over again, I didn't know this was happening. I thought that these these kids were just making this stuff up or Philip was doing all these things. She also said in an interview on CNN, the kids were being tormented. I was unaware of it. Um, so... So, like, which one is it? It's hard to say, Carmen. Which one are you? So, she did have a website. Are you, like, a psychic <laughs> spiritualist? Or are you, like, um, I don't know. She, Sorry for that voice, everybody. No, but. that's okay. 
Um, that's what they want to, that's, that's my voice for people who can't get it together. You can't have it both ways. You can't, you can't. She's, well, because people are listening. Well, and that's the problem. And I think people like Carmen think that people aren't listening. Yeah. And yeah, I, it's like, wait, but hold on. Well, and that's, and I think she's finally kind of figured it out because she's been on TV that much where people are like, Hey asshole. Well, the, the funeral, the, the claiming that to not know that it was a funeral parlor thing really got back to her. Yeah. And so I think she learned her lesson with that. Um, and so she's kind of stayed quiet. Like she did the paranormal witness thing, but you haven't really heard much from her. I tried, she had a website. I tried to go to it last night. It's no longer there. Under construction? No, it's like gone. Oh. Um, so. She knew you were doing that. She's <laughs> yeah. that spiritual. It was like CarmenReed.net. Uh, Reed, I believe, is her maiden name. So she's been going by that too. So I think she's. she's not doing the Schnedeker anymore? No, I think she, she has gotten burned so badly by this. What? Did she get a D-I-V-O-R-C? I don't think so. That's a Tammy Wynette song. I, thank you. You're welcome. Well, we, um, we started with Tammy. We're ending with Tammy. There you go. Um, as of 2012, she planned to write another book based on her experiences with John Zaffis, who you will recall is the nephew of the Warrenses. Um, a man by the name of Chip Coffey, who is a... <gasps> a very well-known psychic. Yes, Chip Coffee. Was What in the F? Yeah, oh so my god, he was on Paranormal State. State, yes. <gasps> Correct. Chip Coffee? Yes. Keep going. So no, Chip Coffee to me, you might as well have just said Michael Jackson, like in terms of how famous he is. I right? yeah, he's Chip Coffee is like famous. He reminds me of um uh um god, why am I so bad with names right now? Um Who's the guy who wrote In Cold Blood? Truman Capote. He reminds me of Truman Capote. Like, he, he's kind of wormy and little and has that voice. He's not little. He's big. Is he big? He well, seems short in stature. He might seem short in stature, but he's like a heavy man. Yeah. But he's but got he, that voice. Yes. And the thing about Chip that I find fascinating is he, is he presents as extremely gay, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He's very effeminate. And defiantly not. Yes. Which I think is fascinating. He's wonderful. There was another person like Chip Coffee. Um, he was a designer on um, some TLC show mm-hmm. who also was like defiantly like yeah. not gay, but like really presented as like, you know, sort of just like a down home Truman Capote. <laughs> kind of, but it's like the voice. But Chip like- Coffee walks in the room. Now I'm suddenly going to do object work. Chip Coffee walks in the room. Whole, like extends right. his whole hand out, points with a with a ring finger that has turquoise on it, and he's like, "I know that something's happening in this room." Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Yes, Queen, serve Queen." Mm-hmm. But if you said it to him, he'd be like, "I don't, I don't know those references because I'm a straight married man." I think he's. A straight I was married just. Man. I was. He was like, "I was just picking up pantsuits for my wife, Diane." <laughs> Either way, it's okay, Chip, because um, gender is a construct, and um, that's a reference to Waiting for Guffman. That was. You should go see that movie. Yeah, but not also, go see it. Rent it. We're progressive, and we don't necessarily care about heteronormative values. So Chip, should be you. Do you? Whatever makes you happy, buddy. So Chip was actually slated <laughs> to like. There was a point to this, right? Chip was slated to co-author this book with her, and he then has since distanced himself. Um, when Chip Coffee dis- distanced himself from you, girlfriends, you you done. The other thing, this is why I went onto the Warrens' website last night, because um, I wanted to see if they had anything about it. Any um, because they reference um, Annabelle the Conjuring and Amityville. There's a thing about the Smurls. Nothing. No. Nothing about the Snedekers on their website. They distanced themselves. Yeah. So um, I did read an article where Lorraine was very disappointed in the movie. Oh. Probably because she wasn't asked to be a, a, part, of a part of it like she was for all of the other ones that have come out since yes. then. Um, but she was saying it's it, it, it was more horrifying than what's in the movie. They didn't get it right. There are all these things that are inaccurate. So Yeah. Well, I actually call horseshit on the fact that they would spend 45 days in that house. No, no, no. He spent 45 days in a mental institution. Oh, I thought you said the... They spent a few weeks. Oh, okay. So they spent, like, 21 days. Maybe. Probably. That's probably an exaggeration. They probably spent, like, 10 days there. Okay. Because um, they, they did, like, all of one day at the Amityville house. Right. but the, And they did it after yeah. everybody had moved out. They weren't even asked by the family to go yeah. there. 
um, they kind of like we talked about this. They weren't big into follow through. No, no, no. We they just wanted the notoriety. Yeah, they would just go check it out. Right. Then, We've talked about this before, where they would just kind of show up. Yeah. It's kind of like um, the 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 Conjuring Two story, which takes place in London, and we talked about this earlier too. With I think on the Poltergeist episode, um, they just kind of showed up there, and they were sent away. Mm. So. Um, despite what you see in the movie, it's not a Warren story. They actually really had nothing to do with the investigation. And um, I forget the name of the man who was heavily involved with it. Um, but he was like, you're not welcome here. Please leave. Please don't say Harry Price. It's not. It's not Harry Price. Okay. Uh, Harry Price might have been involved with that, though. Um, okay. And finally, mm-hmm. um, Philip's cancer returned. Oh. And he passed away on January 9th, 2012, at the age of 38. Well, he had a good long 20-year remission. So, yeah, pretty good remission. He um, was a trucker in Tennessee. He had 24-year remission? Uh, yeah. It's a long, great run. Yeah, not bad. 20, Thank you, Modern 26. So, he, yeah, he married. He had a couple of kids. He worked as a trucker. Um lived in Tennessee. Um, still very young though, 38 years old. Um, but, but yeah, considering, I mean, considering what he went through as a kid, yeah. pretty good. Um, I mean, I guess I don't want to say it that way. I don't know how to, I I'll say it that way. I mean, okay. cancer, cancer it's, affects, um, so many people and to have a 22, 24 year remission is extraordinary. Yeah. An act of modern science, and I've never invoked the name of God, I will say this, an act of God, considering how ill he was, that he had a 300-mile commute a day. Right. Unbelievable. Right. So yeah. I'm and going there. Hodgkin's lymphoma, is, as you know, is horrible. Go on there. Yeah. It's I mean, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So good run. Good for you. Yeah. So And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not callous. Death is sad, but, but I mean, you know, also... This wasn't a story necessarily about death. He had 24 or 22 extra years. I'm not good at math. Of life. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, not bad. Um, they made it through this horrific experience, if that's really what it was. Some people believe that um, Carmen... Uh, they A lot of people compare this to the Amityville story, and not just because the Warrens were involved, but because <laughs> um, the, the Snedekers were in a bit of financial trouble because they, oh, okay, 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 they okay, still yeah. owned their home in New York. Um, they were renting this house. Yeah. They had all of these medical bills. So they think that maybe she made up this story to uh, bring in some attention, bring in some money to help right. with the medical bills, um, which, you know, desperate times, you guys, like when your kid's sick, like I can't even imagine like what that must have done to the family and like what that does to you. And I, I'm not going to go into a whole thing about healthcare and the cost of it. Um, but I, that's something I know firsthand. I mean, we have what six more hours. We so do. You can... Yeah. <laughs> Just buckle up stuff. everybody. I've got a lot to say. Uh, JK, um, Noel, anything else that you want to say about the, uh, the haunting in Connecticut? No, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, in a 58 minute nutshell type well, of my thank papers. Thank you so much for, uh, You're bringing welcome. us, uh, haunting. Thank you for bringing us the, um, much debated state of Connecticut. Thank you for bringing it to Just like Pluto. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it a planet? Isn't it? I don't know. We'll never know. Um, <laughs> 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 thank you for bringing back and Lorraine Warren because hello. Uh, a chip coffee reference, maybe for the first time on this show. Uh, thank you for the initiation of uh, Minimalist Haunting. I didn't know that. I should have known that you knew who Chip Coffee was. I was like, a man by the name of NJ, like, your hair actually, like, escaped your head for a minute. And that's how excited oh you were. It, like, scooted off your head. Man. Like, you pushed it up. I'm not, you know, I'll say this, like, for the, I don't have that many interests, but for the interests I have, God damn it, do I have them. <laughs> <laughs> Wherein someone would think that like a Kardashian would you know would make them very enthusiastic if they ran into them. If I ran into Chip Coffee right now, I would <laughs> just not know what to do. He's the only good thing about that show. Oh my god, I would be like the rest of them. Uh, turquoise doesn't go with that, but here, but here's the thing: <laughs> can I try on your turquoise bracelet? 
He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. They're all from his, like, quote-unquote, like, Indian medicine man. <laughs> oh. Chip coffee. Chip coffee, everybody. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Noelle is going to share one of our sponsors with you, and it is a wine called... Uh, it's from the Columbia Wine Columbia Winery. It's Cabernet. It's in the mountains, Columbia. Yeah. Washington. I have uh, been drinking Fist City by Revolution Brewery. Fist City! In your face! Here! Um, we'd like to thank all of you for listening. We really appreciate uh, your time with us today. And uh, Noelle has one last creepy, disgusting, horrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. <laughs>